0: Welcome to Path to Glory, a Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. Jonathan here, continuing our Warband Wisdom series, where Amon and I are taking turns covering each Warband with a special guest. We want these episodes to be as evergreen as possible, but as a point of reference, this episode was recorded May 8th, 2020. My special guest today is Zach Newcomb. How are you
1: today, Zach? I'm pretty good. A little tired from the new one, but uh, otherwise (laughs) pretty good.
0: Great. Um, We've had you on briefly on the podcast um, for our event recap of the uh, online event, but let's do some deeper introduction questions um, before we dig into the episode, um, which will be about the Chosen Axes. Um, How long have you been involved in Wargaming, Zach?
1: So I got actually got into it uh, from a friend who uh, played the game with me briefly. And when I say the game, Warhammer Underworlds, <laughs> it's my first wargaming uh, experience. I was very new to it, mm-hmm. uh, and then I really liked the game, so I went out and bought it and started buying stuff. And then it just it rolled downhill from there. <laughs> How long ago was that? Like, we're in the Underworld season. Was it, it was, let's see here, it was right after Magors and Farstriders dropped. My first event mm. was right, uh, was I believe it was the weekend after Farstriders and, and Magors came out.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I started like two weeks before uh, the, I guess Leaders had come out when I started, but Night Vault hadn't, so about the same time, I guess. Yep. Um, so... If this is your first one, um, what uh, like what do you think uh, what do you enjoy about it? like what what attracted you to this over?
1: I really like, having the, never done it before. Yeah, I really like the competitive aspect of it. Um, i'm I'm a board game person. Uh, yeah, I have lots of board games, but I really mm. enjoy the like area control and like risk type uh, strategy games. So you add in cool miniatures, uh, strategy, and some cards to deck build and everything, and I, I just loved the combination there of, of that uh, of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um, are there any special achievements that you're currently proud of in the world of Underworlds?
1: So, I currently have uh, three shade glass trophies, uh, all one with dwarf (laughs) warbands. Very nice. And my most recent achievement was having least dropped games in uh, the Vassal Online tournament with Nurgle. And I was also the highest placing Nurgle uh, player in that event.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely impressive.
1: Uh, I think you've also been playing the online game uh, pretty well, too, right? I have. I actually won the first month uh, tournament. Uh, they've been doing weekly small weekly tournaments, and then they mm-hmm. take uh, the top couple people from the weekly tournaments and throw them into an end-of-the-month tournament. Um, and I did win the first ever monthly roundup tournament uh, with uh, Magora's Fiends, actually.
0: Very cool. Well, I bet you can't wait
1: for the Chosen Axes to come out. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I can't wait for that. That's gonna be great.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're working on as far as the game or hobby is concerned right now?
1: Um, I really haven't had much time to work on anything in particular. I've been I, I put together this updated Chosen Axes list after the last couple cards came out, and have just been trying to hone it to give uh, the listeners uh, something good to look at
0: <laughs> cool yeah we can definitely uh put a deck in the show notes um so i guess let's dig into this warband this is the chosen axes um i guess just tell me about them what uh what are the fighters like and how does the warband work
1: So this this warband is it's one of the more different warbands because their Inspire inspired condition says, hey, you need to hold objectives. But their stat lines and uh, several of their objective cards are very aggressive. So they are kind of this uh, half baked uh, flex warband that uh, does killing really well, but they need to sit on objectives to inspire. So it, it's a very interesting combination of uh, aggression and uh, control, and mm-hmm. that that's that's the core of the warband. Uh, the other thing about this warband is they really don't have a bad fighter. Most warbands have that one fighter that uh, you say, "That's the dangle, bro. You're horrible. You are bait." But in the Chosen Axes. Every situation, every fighter has a very good use. And if you do happen to lose all but one or two fighters, you still have one or two really good fighters uh, left on the table. Yeah,
0: I think that makes sense. Um, Let's let's go through the fighters real quick. All right. Um, Why don't you go ahead and start us off?
1: So the leader of this warband is Fuel Grimnir. Uh, Fuel is a nice, beefy leader. Uh, he starts out with four wounds, one block, uh, swings two hammers uh, for three damage. So he has very solid damage output right off the bat. Um, the downside to this warband is they're very slow because they're dwarves. Of course, they have two movement. Um, mm-hmm. Fuel, though, uh, is a very good fighter right off the bat, so he's uh, he tends to scare people. Um, he's very good at intimidating your enemy into doing things that they wouldn't regularly do, and uh, that's a, a, my use for fuel most of the time. Then we have uh, Tef Flamebearer. Uh, he's, he's your... Uh, lieutenant uh, fighter and he is also probably the scariest fighter in the warband once he's inspired Um, he swings uh, three hammer dice for three damage and if he rolls a crit he has cleave so he's very accurate he does quite a bit of damage and uh, he's just he's really solid Uh, he starts out with three wounds and inspires to four wounds uh, whereas fuel starts out with four and goes to five um, mm-hmm. that this this warband has a lot of health points and it throws people off when they inspire and get more wounds. Um, uh, the next fighter is Vol Orcbane. Uh, I use Vol as uh, the dangle bro of the group most of the time. He's a very solid fighter right off the bat for two hammers uh, for two damage. Uh, and he really doesn't do anything special. And... Uh, I usually use him to engage first. He's usually the bait, uh, but he can still get stuff done by killing two wound fighters right off the bat. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, The next one, everybody harps on poor Mad Magrum. Mad (laughs) Magrum. Mad Magrum. Everybody says Mad Magrum is horrible, and uh, everybody uses him as their dangle bro. Secretly, he's uh, the third best fighter in the warband, in my opinion. Uh, once he inspires, he still does two damage. Uh, he rolls three sword dice right off the bat, uh, and when he inspires, he gets to re-roll one of those sword dice. So he's very accurate. Um, and with the two damage, you can easily throw great strength on him, or use some of the faction cards to do some serious damage with Megram. Um, yeah, And nobody expects Magrum to come in from left field and actually kill something um a lot of people ignore him or just target him because he's not as dangerous
0: yeah yeah i, I guess you could say that he has like a higher potential um, yep. than than Vol does if you give him upgrades and stuff because uh it's easier to give him damage than it is to give vol like
1: accuracy for example right yeah, because uh, there aren't that many extra <laughs> dice upgrades any longer uh, unless you're going for a, a challenge seeker or a challenge seeker, I believe. And with this warband, yeah. you have too many wounds to really take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I because I guess in that case, you'd have to rely on them not inspiring. Um, yeah. Let's talk about their inspire condition. How do you think about that?
1: so their inspire condition is holding an object uh holding an objective at the end of a um at an action phase so it's one of the most difficult inspire conditions in the whole game uh you have to stay on the objective with all of the distraction cards flying around uh people trying to knock you off of objectives um the new guard rule really helped uh, with their inspire condition but it's still rather difficult because of all of the distraction cards at the moment right so it, it's it's very difficult and so you need some hold objective uh, objective cards in in your deck to be able to take advantage of uh, sometimes a whole round of I'm just gonna move my fighters onto objectives so that I can inspire folks
0: right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, So what would you say are the Warband's strengths and weaknesses?
1: So uh, I'll I'll go over their strengths first, uh, because Mm -hmm. they do actually have quite a few really good strengths. Uh, Once they're inspired, uh, the Chosen Axes are some of the best fighters in the game. Uh, They all get... uh, at least four wounds they uh, all do at least two damage three out of the four of them go up to three damage uh fuel turns into an absolute monster with uh two hammer dice with cleave for four damage he yeah. uh, if he hits you it's gonna sting a bit <laughs> um yeah And then moving on to their uh, faction cards, they actually have some very good faction cards. Um, uh, They have several good, um, they have several good uh, two point uh, objective cards, and they actually have two score immediately cards that are very usable. um, Unlike some of the other war bands. Um, And then their power cards, uh, they're, is several power cards that there's just not any that are that good in the game uh, currently. Um, yeah. They have a uh, card called the Earth Shakes that is basically distraction and sidestep in one card. It's choose a fighter. It doesn't have to be yours. <laughs> um, yeah. And you can just move any fighter anywhere. So... Yeah. And then they have treasure lust, which helps out a lot with their movement problems and their, um, uh, and their inspire condition. It's push a fighter, three hexes onto an objective. (laughs) It's just super good. Um, so their faction cards are actually very solid. Um, and then their upgrades, uh, you can turn fuel into a five movement for damage fighter. It is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> you can give him uh, a extra defense dice so that he's actually very difficult to kill with five, uh, five wounds and two shields. Um, and they actually have a uh, upgrade that's specifically for fuel that if you roll a shield, he doesn't die um and with uh with that card it's not like unkillable from the orcs or um uh soul trap it stays on the fighter if you keep rolling a shield he just doesn't die and it stays and and it stays there so uh, they're just really good cards um and with that stat line they can be very dangerous it's just difficult to get them inspired
0: Yeah. Do you think that that's probably their primary weakness is trying to get inspired?
1: Uh, movement and trying to get inspired are the two big, uh, weaknesses, I think, because you're too movement. Um, you have trouble getting places. Um, you have to wait for the enemy to engage you. A lot of the times you can't be the first one to engage because you just can't reach anybody. Um, so uh, that guard mechanic that I mentioned earlier really helps with that situation because if you do get engaged, you can't be driven back. Um, assuming you've survived the hit, um, you can't be yeah. driven back and then you can actually punch back. Um, and that inspire condition is brutal. If you don't inspire uh, the uh, three non-leader ones, you're, you have three three-wound fighters and that's not great. You're gonna get one shot at a lot with three wounds, so yeah. That those are the two biggest weaknesses I think with this warband.
0: Okay, um, so what strategies or playstyles would you say that this uh, warband finds naturally successful? And then, uh, are there
1: any alternate ways? Do you think there are like to play them? So, the most successful way that I've found with this warband has been a. Flex style uh mix between hold objective and aggro, uh with mm. a kind of uh, a flavor of counter punch. So deploy midboard, uh let the enemy come to you a little bit, uh to try to prevent you from scoring uh some of your hold objective cards and your inspiration. Um people will actively try to they'll make bad decisions to try to get you to not inspire um, just so that they can not get killed uh, once you Inspire. So you can actually use the Inspire condition as a kind of a threat to get them to come to you a bit. Um, so that Flex style, I have a mix of uh, Hold Objective cards and Killing Stuff cards uh, with a couple passive scores, like Fired Up and Team Effort in, in, in my decks for Chosen Axes. So um, yeah. That, being, that being said, uh, some of the other successful um, playstyles, you can go full-bore aggro with these guys uh, if you are brave enough and uh, you have sacrificed an animal to uh, the dice gods or something like that. Because, <laughs> um, if, if you get a good card draw uh, uh, with a lot of your push cards and Regal Vision and Blazing Soul in, in your first hand, You can do some serious damage first round um, with with these guys, and you can get up into your opponent's face. Um, I had a game uh, earlier this week where I was almost able to uh, get rid of a Hrothgorn ogre first round. Um, He had two wounds left at the end of the uh, first round. (laughs) Wow. So, like, you you can go the aggro approach if you draw the right cards and get your dice rolls. Yeah, um,
0: I, I think the opponent definitely has to respect the like basic stat line and then the inspired uh, potential, especially because they probably, at least in the current meta, they'll probably have Blazing Soul. Um, there used to be Inspiration yep. Strikes, um, you know, Regal Vision, things like that. Um, so... How would you prioritize the inspiration? Um, I think maybe the first uh, maybe the first thing people would think is that you really want to get fuel inspired. Um, do you think he's the most important one or
1: So I'm going to answer this question with uh, kind <laughs> of a maybe so with yeah. uh, with this war band because uh, they are kind of hamstrung by that inspire condition and the movement, it really depends on your matchup. If you're going up against three, uh, three fighter warbands uh, that have four wounds, Fuel is the obvious choice because he only has to swing once to take a fighter off of the board. Um, however, if you're looking uh, at going into some uh, GITs or some of the horde warbands where there's just lots of fighters everywhere... Um, you're going to want Magram and Tefk inspired uh, as soon as possible. Because Fuel, he can take a, a, a two, two or three wound fighter off the board without being inspired. Whereas Tefk uh, needs, uh, really needs the inspiration to be, uh, get his accuracy up uh, instead of the two hammer, two damage uh, attack that he starts with. Um, and then Magrum, he only does one damage if he's not inspired, but when he gets inspired, he's super accurate and does two damage. So it depends on the matchup of what you're fighting and what your goals for that particular match are. Um,
0: yeah. I, I guess it could also depend on the upgrades that you have in your hand, because yep. like, if you have some damage upgrades, then Tefk is actually probably more accurate a lot of the time than yep. uh, Fuel or... Uh, somebody else so um, I I think that it's definitely worth thinking about and not just you know throwing uh, the leader on the objective there Um, yeah you usually try to like hold cards in order to secure like a push onto an objective in the end phase or how do you think about that Uh, I I guess maybe a better question is like what is a good
1: first turn look like for this warband or first round rather So a first round, uh, it depends on what objectives you draw. So if you draw into like Steadfast Defender and Temporary Victory and Uncontested and a couple other cards like that, um, you're going to want to use at least a couple activations to get guys onto objectives uh, sooner than later. However, um, if you have steadfast defender in your hand, for example, you're going to want to put a fighter on guard and then use a push card immediately to put him onto an objective. Um, the only downside to that strategy is, uh, of course, distraction and nightmare in the shadows. They're going to knock you off, uh, once they yeah. determine that you have steadfast defender, um. It's just, uh, it depends on what cards you draw, whether you do it sooner than later. Um, if you have, a, a temp victory, obviously you're going to want to do that sooner than later so that you can get some glory to put some upgrades on some guys. Um, and, but if you're running uncontested and, or have uncontested or path to victory in hand and you have some push cards and some fighters next to objectives, uh, you you should save them until you the last power step so that you can kind of force them to try to uh, use their push cards before you want to use yours so that they can't knock you off the objectives
0: yeah yeah I think that that makes sense um, we've already covered their faction cards a little bit but let's um, let's go into them in some more detail um, sure. what are maybe the top five? Uh, faction cards. What would you say? Because because I think you're right. I think they actually have maybe some of the the best collection of faction cards. Um, yeah, probably so, at least definitely in the first season.
1: So I have uh, eight of them written down. Uh, your okay. questions uh, that Amon sent me. Uh, he <laughs> said five, but uh, I I have eight because there's so many good ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the first one that I have on there is Treasure Lust. Um, it's push a fighter three hexes onto an objective. Um, You're slow. uh, You have trouble moving places and uh, activations are very important. So if you can get onto an objective without having to make a move action or charge action, it's awesome. Uh, Especially if you have regal vision or something like that in hand. Uh, So treasure lust is my first pick. Uh, the next one is an upgrade. Uh, it's called Activated Runes. It's very thematic, and mm-hmm. it allows you to roll and uh, re-roll an attack dice. It's basically awakened weapon uh, yeah. for dwarves. Um, it's re-rolling an attack dice. It's fantastic, uh, and works very well on fuel uh, because he's only rolling two hammers, so it's not terribly accurate. But you throw in a re-roll, it's pretty good. Um, the next one uh, I already mentioned, the Earth Shakes. Uh, it's choose a fighter and push them one hex. So it's distraction, it's sidestep, all in one card. Um, yeah, incredible. Yeah, th- yeah, it, it's just great card. Um, and then uh, the next one is Oathsworn. Uh, this is a try again card, um, which is <laughs> very handy for just if. Fuel runs in to make an important attack, and he whiffs. Uh, you play Sworn and you try again. Um, and so, in a, a warband that wants to kill things, that try again is awesome. Um, the next one I have on my list is an objective card. It's Ferocious Charge. Kill something with a charge. Um, you're going to be killing things with charges, so <laughs> why not score another point for it? Um, yeah. The next one uh, that I have on here as an honorable mention to the top five is Scion of Grimnir. This is a score immediately for killing something with your leader. Your leader does four damage. He's going to kill things. <laughs> so yep. why not score a point for it? Um, the next one is a uh, hidden gem in uh, the Chosen Axis. Uh, it is called a claim Retaken. This card is a fantastic card against objective-holding warbands and even uh, against uh, non-objective-holding warbands because you can push them back or shakes them onto an objective and force them to hold it. So this is scored in an end phase if a friendly fighter holds an objective that an enemy fighter held at the beginning of the preceding action phase. So Mm -hmm. you only need one fighter to do it. Uh, it's worth two glory, uh, which is awesome in a war band that, uh, really struggles to produce glory. Um, the only downside is, is it's only good, uh, the second and third end phase. So, right. um, a lot of players don't put that one in because they think it's too hard. It is an excellent ambush card. Um, it works very well. Uh, people don't expect it and it's pretty easy to accomplish. Uh, the next one is unstoppable advance uh, unstoppable advance is conquest but for any end phase. So if you can get all of your dwarves across the board into your opponent's half, um, you score two glory uh, which is awesome. It's swift advance for two glory. Um, and the uh, the other thing I like about this card is is it's all of your fighters. Even if it's only one, it's just all of your fighters. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this warband, it's not uncommon for you to have like one or two guys left uh, at the end of the game. So the uh, the all surviving fighter cards are very good for this warband.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because even if it's just one, if he's in there, that's two glory. And a lot of the time, that you know, or if there's you know two or three, and it's the second
1: round. um, Yeah that can be a big swing um it, and that card's won me games more often than it's not it it's yeah it, it's a nice two glory push at the end
0: yeah do you do you find that it ever makes you want to play more aggressively than you would normally or
1: sometimes really. uh sometimes I, it does it's probably still worth it for Two Glory, though. <laughs> yeah, it, sometimes yeah. it does, but uh, in some uh, some matchups, you're hanging towards the back, and it's just an automatic discard. Yeah, Yeah. But, that makes sense. Uh, but in other matches where you're actually trying to push into the uh, the opponent's half, for example, Grimwatch, you're going to want to be over there anyway, or else they're going to inspire and kill you. Um, right. So might as well score Two Glory for it um (laughs) yeah uh, absolutely so it it's it 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 is a very good card i really like that one
0: yeah i I think for me i I think that you've almost mentioned all the ones that um i like as well um i
1: think indomitable is probably one of my favorite cards um that they have Uh, do you
0: ever use that one
1: I I do use that one. I did not uh, include it in my top (laughs) five because I have uh, found here lately I need more uh, push cards and anti-drive back tech uh, to score my um, cards than I do damage. If that makes any sense. Damage reduction.
0: In in the current meta, I could actually see that uh, that would be the case. Um, It's cool that they have Uh, That ability, I know that uh, Magor's and uh, Thundrix Profiteers have it as well, or very similar.
1: There's also one in there that uh, was not mentioned for similar reasons uh, to Mm -hmm. Indomitable, and that's Piercing Stare. Yep. Um, Yep. Piercing Stare is also another great card. Uh, It's uh, choose, choose an enemy fighter, and that fighter cannot make an attack action or charge action in the next phase, or in the next action. Activation.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess for reference, Indomitable is in the next activation. Friendly fighters uh, can basically only take one damage. Yep. Um, I, I guess technically it's the first time they take damage. So if you hit them and then you push them into a lethal, they'll take one and then they'll take the lethal. But yep. Um, they're great cards, and I think that that's one of the nice things um, about this warband is if you're in an aggro meta, then they can take those two And then if you're in more of a objective. Meta like we are now, then you just take more pushes, and they have yep. some of the best pushes in the game too. <laughs> yep. So it is cool. Um, I think that's pretty much it. We mentioned the, some of the upgrades you can give your leader, um, where you know he can avoid dying, or he has plus one defense, Grimnar's Fortitude, plus one or plus two
1: speed with Grimnar's speed. Um, yep. Do you find those making the cut or? So, currently, I don't have Grimnir's Speed or Grimnir's Fortitude in there. Uh, yeah. The prevalence of Cleave uh, has really um, hurt the value of Grimnir's Fortitude, which is plus one uh, defense dice. Uh, either yeah. they're going to hit you or not. Um, <laughs> and if, uh, if you, by chance, roll a crit, great. But yeah. uh, even with the Two defense dice. I find myself just getting hit anyway because of cleave, or they're rolling seven def- uh, attack dice, <laughs> and they're yeah. So I, I yeah. find find the chance to uh, roll a dice a second time and not take any damage a lot more valuable than um, the extra defense dice. Uh, and the movement, uh, I have so many push cards and Faneway Crystal and a couple other cards of that sort in there that um a fighter restricted card uh is a little bit too restrictive to make the cut
0: yeah yeah and there are just so many good upgrades in the current meta i'm not too surprised by that but um i could see taking this card at maybe the beginning of a season or in the online version i'm sure you'll take it at first oh yeah absolutely things like that so definitely good to be aware of um Cool. Um, the next section is going to be, um, when you're building this warband, what sort of universal cards are you looking for? And this can be in the past, maybe some of their favorite cards. Um, you know, In the future, what kind of cards would you look out for? That kind of thing.
1: So, uh, the cards that I have in here for universals, uh, I'll just basically read off uh, the non-faction cards that I have in my uh, Gambit section. Uh, sure, yeah. So, Spectral Wings, extra movement. You have two movement to start out with. You need to sit on objectives to inspire. That's a no-brainer. Um, Regal Vision. Uh, if you can get a push guard uh, like Earthshakes or Treasure Lust and Regal Vision in your hand, it is epic. You push onto an objective, inspire, and then you have a very scary dwarf right off of the bat. Um, it's great um that's how i was able to almost kill her right off the bat um was treasure lust regal vision uh and the ogre player says foul words and says well roll your dice yeah Um,
0: yeah because you can do that in the power step before your activation and then charge in with a four damage attack or three damage attack
1: or if the rothgorn player uh set his ogre right next to the objective that you were sitting on to regal vision
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So uh, the next one is another great one that works in combination with uh, setting up uh, tax and setting up combinations for uh, combinations for some of your other cards is shifting reflection. Yep. Shifting Reflection is fantastic. You can switch to uh, a friendly fighter and an enemy fighter that are both holding objectives, and all of a sudden you have a big scary dwarf right in your face. Um, it's it's one of those cards that helps me score Unstoppable Advance. Uh, it helps me score a Claim Retaken, um, and it helps me get across the board so that I can murder somebody who's cowering in the back. Um, <laughs>
0: It can also pull an enemy forward as well, which can, can sometimes yep. be good if you have a, a guy sitting in the back. Yeah, I think that's a great one, which in a, in a lot of ways is also a mobility card. So I'm not yep. surprised.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it, it really is. Uh, the next one is Buried Instinct. Uh, this is uh, a reaction card. So it's like uh, somebody comes in and they're going to try to knock you off that objective with their attack. you buried instincts. You go on guard and you are good. Um, yep. And this card, if you have it in hand at the same time as Steadfast Defender, um, it basically scores the card for you. It's great. Um, Highly recommend that one. Um, The next one is an obvious choice, Restless Prize.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep, it's a great one.
1: Restless Prize, it helps you inspire. Uh, It helps you set up Shifting Reflection and it helps you set up the next card that I have on my list, which is Jealous Defense. Mm, Um, Jealous Defense is a very epic card because it allows you to make an attack action in an action step instead of having to activate. Um, You can also Treasure Lust onto an objective and then play Jealous Defense. (laughs) Uh, Once you do this once or twice, your opponent is not going to let you do it uh, very often, they will hang on to a distraction just to stop this from happening, I've found. Yeah. But it's yeah. still, if they don't have the card in their hand to stop it, it is devastating. Um, <laughs> and it's good for confusing your opponent. Uh, I will basically uh, do a whole bunch of offensive things right before my opponent's uh, uh, activation, and they're like, what are you doing? And then I use one of my push cards or shifting reflection and jealous defense and get two glory for Tome of offerings or something.
0: <laughs> do you have a lot of glory generation in the deck, like cryptic or Tome of glories or anything like that? Or you're so, just going aggro once you power up.
1: So I do have cryptic companion, uh, in here. Um, and yeah. I do have Tome of offerings. So, uh, those yep. are my two like extra glory generators. Um,
0: yeah, they're just so good. Why not? <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it it's a no brainer because uh, if you can get Tome of Offerings out early and throw it on like Tefk or Fuel um, and just start going to town on the other guy's fighters, it's it's pretty devastating. It's hard to come back uh, back from when you somebody scores four glory in an act uh, in, a, in an action phase because they killed two two things. Um, and with all of the push tech and crazy shenanigans, killing two fighters, uh, with, uh, the, the same fighter in an action phase, it happens more often than you'd think it would. Um,
0: yeah, you're already having to invest so much in the pushes just to make sure you inspire that, you know, you'll just also have them later on. So, yeah, that's really cool. And I think right now we're in one of the most push heavy metas that we've ever been in. Um. But I would say that in you know other metas or the online version or earlier seasons, a lot of the time they'll have more tools than anybody else will. Right. Um, so they have their own. I mean, like we talked about how great the Earth Shakes is. That sort of doubles as whatever you need it to be. Uh, yep. So that's I think that's one of the cool strengths of the Warband as well. Um, do you usually go like into a lot of defensive upgrades or do you stick mainly with damage and accuracy and things like that and mobility in there as well?
1: Uh, damage and accuracy are the primary cards that I have in my upgrades. Um, I do have Fainway crystal and survival instincts in here, uh, because of the anti-push tech and survivability and then Fainway crystal. Um, people cowering in the back, uh <laughs> it it it's a needed thing um i do have potion of rage in here uh to support slaying blow which is another <laughs> gem of a uh, faction specific card uh that i just put in here after tangling with too many ogres with eight wounds and minus one damage on them um it's yeah it's it's a tough thing to crack but if I can roll four attack dice and have the chance to do eight damage in one hit using fuel, then it's <laughs> worth it. Um, uh, and then I also have Prized Vendetta in here. That is an epic reroll card. Um, yeah. And it, the artwork has Fuel Staring Down Stretch. <laughs> I mean, how, how great is that um, uh, for yep. a thematic card? Um, I do have Blazing Soul and Regal Vision in here because the Inspiration mechanic is so difficult, um, and yeah. it's so nice. Like if you can get a quick Glory uh, in round one and Blazing Soul Tefk or Fuel, uh, it's it's a game changer. Uh, the your your opponent's demeanor completely changes when you play <laughs> those cards in the first round. Um, yeah.
0: And, and even just having them, you know, knowing that maybe you'll draw into them in the second round, yeah, uh, that can be a big power spike as well, or even you know the end of the uh, first round or something. But yep. do you have any card draw like Frenzied Search or?
1: I had Frenzied Search in here up until, uh, let's see here, yeah. I had Frenzied Search when I did my league game, but I actually took it out because, um, as a counterpunch warband, you're going to be drawing several cards anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was actually finding that I didn't need Frenzied Search to uh, get to the bottom of my deck by the end of the game because I was actually using every single power card that I had um, in hand uh, quite often. Uh, Cool. um, That's interesting. Yeah, and for objectives, uh, one of the most important parts of a deck is your objectives. Um, I I do have Acclaim Retaken, Ferocious Charge, Sign of Grimnir, and Unstoppable Advance as my four uh, faction-specific cards. Um, I have Fired Up, uh, because once you're inspired, just getting a glory for being inspired is very good. And (laughs) you can, uh, first round, if you get one dude inspired, you're scoring Fired Up, and you can put an upgrade on somebody. Um, Yeah. What armor uh, is a one that I really want to replace moving forward? I don't <laughs> particularly like it because none of my guys have cleave to start with. Um, right. Uh, you have to get inspired to be able to score what armor, and Tefk only scores what armor if he rolls a crit. So it's I, I haven't found something that I like more than what armor, um, but <laughs> it's not it it's not terrible um yeah the next one path to victory it's a flex four band you're going to be holding objectives and you're going to be killing stuff so why not
0: yeah yeah that's um, a great card
1: then uh uh with packed to, path to victory another uh aspect of that you only have four fighters to start with so if you lose two of them you can still score path to victory Um, I don't have Supremacy in the deck that I'm going to give you to uh, put in the show notes uh, because too often I'm end of the second round and I've already lost two guys and Supremacy is a dead card at that point.
0: Um, I I also think Supremacy is just very hard to score right now in general (laughs) with all the distractions and everything. I agree. All the objective removal as well.
1: Yeah, the objective removal is a very interesting obstacle for this Warband.
0: Yeah, I bet. Yeah,
1: because yeah, uh, Hrothgorn can take care of, I think, four out of the five objectives <laughs> on the board. Um, yeah. That, that's just rough. Um, you, you basically have to get your inspiration mechanic out of the way early uh, and hope that he doesn't draw into, like, three of those cards with his first hand. <laughs> so, yeah. it. it Especially, let's, what is it, Unexpected Peril, the flip one over that's in his territory. That Mm -hmm. one is very bad for the card, uh, the next card, in the objective, uh, my objective deck, in that Swift Capture. Um, Swift swift Capture, you don't have to roll dice, um, and you're going to be holding objectives anyway. And if you are fighting a warband that you're going to have to be advancing on anyway... Uh, Swift Capture is a no-brainer. You're going to be pushing into their territory anyway. Might as well hold an objective and score Swift Capture. Um, right. Team Effort is another one of those passive uh, uh, passive score cards where you really don't have to do much to score it other than activate your guys. And you're going to be moving on to objectives and making attacks and charges with them. It's super easy. And it's... A super easy one that's hard to block that you can just put an upgrade on a guy with. Right. Um, uh, one of my two restricted cards in this deck is Temporary Victory. Um, I only have two restricted cards in this deck, um, mm-hmm. and w- which is another interesting point about this Warband. Uh, a lot of the restricted cards aren't good for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we're also in kind of a unique spot right now where um, due to probably some of the COVID stuff, yep. um, we're probably overdue for an update. Yep. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you had four or five when the next one rolls through. <laughs> but yeah. I agree. Right now, there's some wear bands that are like, yeah, I really don't need any of these. So Or not not <laughs> three
1: of a restless them. Prize.
0: <laughs> I think I, I think I had a Harrow's deck that had like one in it. And I was like, I don't think I need any of the rest of these.
1: So. Yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, Restless Prize is going to end up on there. Um, and yeah,
0: yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think uh, Survival Instincts is probably worth a slot for a lot of people too. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I, I would use a slot on Survival Instincts. That that card is very good for me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah.
0: So I, I guess what it, what it sounds like is basically what you're what you want to do when you build a chosen axis deck is you definitely want a lot of mobility um and you just need to be able to speed them up and get them on those objectives get them inspired yep. if there are inspire cards you want to take that um and then it sounds like once you power up you just leverage having some of the best stats in the game yep. and you just try to kill everybody yep. so i think that that's um pretty helpful what um what would you say are like this warband's preferred matchup
1: so i actually don't mind going into things like molog um, mm-hmm. I have to hit MoLog twice once I'm inspired. Um, as <laughs> yeah. long as I live through the first round uh, and get uh, Tefk and/or Fuel inspired, uh, the ogre is probably not going to make it. Or that not the ogre, the troll is probably not going to make it. Uh, right. Four uh, f- uh, low model count, four wound warbands are perfect for these guys. Uh, they. Do lots of damage. Uh, you put great strength on Tefk. He's one-shotting Stormcast. Um, Fuel is also one-shotting Stormcast once he's inspired. Um, yeah. The I think the best matchup right now is Rippas. Oh,
0: yeah. I bet. Yep.
1: Uh, these guys tear up Rippas really <laughs> bad. Um, I took these guys to an in-person tournament and I struggled with uh, most Warbands. Uh, that day with dice and everything. However, I tabled two RIPAs <laughs> players by the end of the second round.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause they eventually Rippas are going to have to go in yep. and then when they do, there's not a ton they're going to get out of it and then you're going to hit them. <laughs> yep. So, and uh, they're not that durable. So that's, no. that's interesting. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. Um, what are their more difficult matchups?
1: So right now I think the two, uh, well, I will mention three terrible <laughs> matchups for Fire Slayers uh, is uh, the Tomes Ogre build. Um, yeah. If you lose the board roll off and that Ogre long boards you, that is going to be very difficult to come <laughs> back from. Uh, need,
0: need like five or six rounds to make your way up there. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it, that's just going to be rough. You're going to have to make sure that you draw into spectral wings, shifting reflection, uh, mm-hmm. and all of the push tech that you can muster just to get down to the board to spend the third round hitting him. Um, that's yeah. going to be an almost unsurmountable matchup for these guys, in my opinion. Uh, however, if you win the board rolls, it becomes a much easier match uh, because you have a mission, kill the ogre. <laughs> you have some of the best yep. tools in the game to kill the ogre. So um, that that one's really tough. Uh, the other really tough one is profiteers. Profiteers yeah, are very hard uh, with these guys. The profiteers have range and cleave. And the range, they will knock you off of the objectives uh, very easily. They have cleave, so they are go- just going to tick uh, the wounds off of you very, very, very quickly. Um, yeah,
0: their I, inspired condition is also so good, and because they also gain health, a lot of the time they'll be able to choose the fighter that they want, you know, to be harder to kill. Um, it's a big tempo swing every time a profiteer inspires.
1: Yeah, and with Profiteers, uh, from my experience, the best way to uh, at least give you a fighting chance against a Profiteers player, you want to starve them to death. Yep. Hide yep. from them, make them <laughs> run at you, make them not score a glory. Um, if they're not shooting at you, they're probably not going to uh, be scoring much of it, anything. Uh, right. unless you have one of the uh crazy profiteers player that throws in temp victory and supremacy into the
0: deck. <laughs> um, yeah i think i think one of those went uh undefeated in the first day of the uk event so
1: yep that's how i'd build a, yep. a, a profiteer's deck right now um the other matchup that is very very difficult is Mournflight. flight um more yeah. Flight is very hard because their passive scoring options are just insane. Uh, it, it's like, make a move action, score a point. Uh, <laughs> make another move action, score another point. Oh, look, I just scored combination strikes uh, by making two move actions and not having to get near you. Um, the other thing is that two dodge characteristic is not great. Um, right,
0: right. It's very difficult so, to chew through that sometimes.
1: Yep. Uh, if you are not landing attacks against more Flight, you are probably not going to be having a good time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think all of those make a lot of sense. Um, do you have, I, I, how do you think about the board setup? I assume that uh, usually you want to have access to the objectives, but I, because you're so slow, I think the way the boards are placed is probably really important as well.
1: So that one is another one of those uh, experienced player things uh, that you're just going to have to learn your matchups. <laughs> yeah. Know your matchups, know what your opponent is probably trying to do, and adapt. Uh, right. With, uh, for example, if you're going into Hrothgorn and you're pretty sure that he's going to hide in the back and destroy objectives and all that stuff, you want to get as many fighters (laughs) off of that board as soon as possible. So you're going to want to take, if you win the board roll off, you're going to want to square them up and just get dirty. (laughs) Whereas if you're playing something like Magors or, uh, these new orcs that are coming out, you're going to want to kind of prevent them from getting into you as a as quick you're going to want to hang back a little bit and you're going to want those three objectives uh, to give you options of where to stand uh if if you're against a very aggressive opponent you're going to want to kind of make sure that you're safe and you're going to be able to get the tools that you need ready to go so that when you do get into a fight you're prepared
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And I mean, that's that's concepts that we've talked about before, where uh, a lot of the time you just have to know the matchup and then, you know, yep. figure out who has to be more passive, who has to take risks to win and uh, right. act accordingly. So I think that's um, probably something that you learn, you know, as you start getting more and more reps in. Um, and I think I don't think it's uh, controversial to say that this is one of the war bands that you probably need a lot of reps with um yep. to far, to start feeling like comfortable with them.
1: I've been playing this warband uh, <laughs> s- since the beginning. This was my first warband that I tried to like learn learn um yeah. so I've I've probably got hundreds of games under my belt with this warband uh, to be able to know exactly what's going on and who i should inspire <laughs> and where i should stand and all that good stuff um it, it is a yeah. very challenging warband
0: is there anything in particular that you would recommend somebody that was trying them out for maybe the first time to, to sort of remember as they play or any like quick tips for them to keep in mind
1: um be be very patient be very <laughs> stubborn um This is one of the hardest warbands in the game to play, in my opinion. Um, If you ask somebody what's the worst warband right now, there's (laughs) at least a 30% chance they're going to say Chosen Axis. Um, Don't get discouraged. Um, Get a couple games in under your belt, uh, and and hopefully you find some success with uh, DICE and inspiring the right guy at least once in the first (laughs) couple games. And... Then you get to see the magic uh, the, the magic happen, uh, where, where your opponent goes, these were supposed to be the worst warband. What happened? <laughs> uh, yeah. And they're very rewarding when you get it right. Um, so push push through and be stubborn about it. They're Dwarden. They're stubborn. You should be the <laughs> same. Uh, and when you get it right, it feels very, very good. And uh, your opponent will be amazed. almost guaranteed
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i think that makes sense and um uh, i guess the last question was just how do you play them in the current meta but we'll just make sure that the uh the deck that you have been talking about is in the notes and uh that should work um so i think that is going to be it um for the warband conversation unless there's anything else uh you have to add
1: i think we were very thorough
0: <laughs> cool, I think so. Um so let's move on to the closing section, which is going to be some rapid fire questions we like to ask our special guests um and these you know just answer these however you want. the questions are rapid fire, but uh you know however you want to answer them is fine. Um, the first one is what is your favorite fighter in the game, and that can be for any reason?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> There's a lot of fighters now
0: i know i know right
1: <laughs> i would have to say right now my favorite fighter is probably a three-way tie between fuel <laughs> tefk and sepsimus oh yeah sepsimus yeah. is the man
0: <laughs> so yeah. cool um the next one is what is your favorite war band to play and what do you think it says about you as a person <laughs>
1: well um those who have met me in person know that i'm not short i i still love my chosen axes. uh i'm not short but i do have lots of hair so that kind of qualifies me i'm not a ginger but um i do have a bright orange t-shirt to add some orange to uh to to my outfit um i I still love the chosen axes. uh they're they're great and it yeah. does speak to my stubbornness and uh, want mm-hmm. to be uh, a master tactician uh, uh, moving around the board because uh, you do need some uh, tactician skills to uh, get these boys to work, work very well.
0: Absolutely. Um, is there uh, a model that you've loved painting or can't wait to paint? If you do paint, I don't I don't
1: know if you do or not. <laughs> I I do actually paint, and I'm actually working on my uh, my Fire Slayer models. Uh, mm. Those in the Atlanta area uh, know that I've now purchased a grand total of three Chosen Axis sets. Uh, um, <laughs> when uh, I when I went to ATC uh, last year, uh, the, my Chosen Axis models felt. Uh, were felled by my wife taking a nap. Uh, my bag fell in between the chair, uh, the back uh, the back of her seat and the uh-huh. back seat, and they got squashed. Um, so I, I I lost, I think, three out of four of them. And then I bought another set. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to prime these guys. I'm going to start to paint them. And I got into some really old or bad or humidity or something white primer (laughs) um and (laughs) i sprayed these guys and the paint swelled up on the model and uh the atlanta folks uh all know who marshmallow fuel is Uh, (laughs) it literally looks like the stay puff marshmallow man holding a latchkey axe um it it, it was just horrible so then I bought a third set and then I primed <laughs> uh, I primed them with uh, some xry uh, uh, dust and they came out good with the primer and in between uh, tending to my newborn and my two-year-old and my wife I <laughs> am painting them to uh, look like the um, uh, let's see here let's see if I can do do my lore correctly uh, the <laughs> Great salamander that uh, Grimnir uh, killed and exploded and turned into Urgold. Uh, there's a picture online of him just going berserker on this thing, uh, and he's like half mol- uh, like molten lava, and his axes are glowing. I'm
0: mm-hmm. painting them
1: like that. So I've uh, I've taken um, I did the xandru dust, and then I'm doing a yellow undercoat and building up to uh black uh to give them the like cracked molten lava look um and so so far they're turning out really good yeah it
0: sounds cool i'll have to see some pictures when they're done um let's see the next one is if you could bring back any card from season one into the championship format what would it be
1: oh (laughs) that that is um Hmm. That is a tough one. <laughs> um, there were some good ones, so yeah, I I've got three in my mind, and <laughs> it'd be really hard to pick one. Uh, uh, the first one's kind of an odd pick, and that's Confused Priorities. Um, mm, yeah, I loved the art on that card. And it allowed me to score a claim retaken without having to put my guy in danger. Um, So that is one that's on the list. The next one is concealed weapon. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because Mad Magrum with concealed weapon. Yes, I'll have that, please. Yeah, I <laughs> love
0: that card. That that's probably one of my number ones for sure too.
1: And then the third one is Inspiration Strikes because yeah. um, with my Nurgle guys having the inspired Nurgle guys really nice, and with uh, Chosen Axes, of course, it's inspire a dude. I don't have to be uh, on an objective. Mm-hmm. So th- those are those are my my picks for season one cards to come back.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, the next one is, if you could change one thing about a current warband or card, what would it be?
1: Uh, it would be, I <laughs> would like uh, the chosen Axis Inspire mechanic. There are yeah. so many different Inspire mechanics that are start your turn uh, with, with a condition met. Uh, or mm-hmm. uh, or it happens instantly, like the Profiteers and the Nurgle ones. Like You, you meet it, you're Inspired um <laughs> yeah. whereas the chosen axis i have to wait the whole friggin' round to be able to inspire i would love for their inspire condition to uh be changed to at the beginning of uh your activation uh, any dwarves holding objectives inspire um i i think that that yeah. would be a good balancing mechanic for them
0: Cool. Um, if is there are there any warbands you would like to see in the future? Um, and this could be like because you like the faction, or you want a particular mechanic, or anything like that. What would what what are you looking for in future warbands?
1: I once they make it around to uh, the uh, some of the other realms, I would love uh, so, uh, another dwarf warband that was um, shoot. Yeah, I've completely lost the word (laughs) um the ones that uh the dwarves that uh were disemboweled
0: hmm i'm not sure if i know
1: (laughs) yeah i i I, the folks listening to this will know exactly what (laughs) i'm talking about uh but i would i would love to see some dwarves with shields and hammers and Um. And, and stuff like that. Uh, the Fire Slayers, they're like the, the Zealot Dwarves, whereas there's right. an entire other group of dwarves that are not the the, the Fire Slayer Zealots that worship Grimnir. Um, right. So, and as soon as we get done with this, I'll remember exactly what they're called.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. I just don't remember the name either. Um, all right. And then I think... The very last one is um, where can people find you if they want to hear more from you or maybe play against your axes or anything like that?
1: So right now, because of our (laughs) good, good old friend uh, COVID-19, I've been playing a lot of Vassal games. Uh, So I, I do uh, play on Vassal quite a bit uh, as it's hard for me to get a house with the family and everything. Um, I'm also active on Facebook. Uh, you will see me post about all sorts of stuff um my two main warbands right now are nurgle and chosen axis so you will find me answering uh questions on them anytime i see one of them pop up so those are the two best ways and i'm also on the discords but i'm not as active there okay cool cool are you going to be playing in the um next upcoming tournament I will be uh, the the one that filled up in like 24 hours <laughs> with 64 people. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> should be exciting. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to miss that one, but I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the results. Do you know what you're going to play yet? Um, I uh, having had some success this week with chosen axes. <laughs> I'm really half tempted.
0: <laughs> Do it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I'm really half tempted to uh, take them just because like it. In the current meta, like, if I go up against a Horde Warband, that's going to be a tough match. But I've seen so many Ogres here lately that yeah. um, Chosen Axes are not actually that bad of a choice to take down Ogre. So,
0: yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you made top four with Wormspat, so
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why not, yeah. why
0: not Chosen Axes next, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. So. I, I'm sure everybody would be like,
0: what? <laughs> Is that a typo? right what's going on on these tournaments (laughs) cool all right well i think that is going to be it um for the episode thank you so much for uh joining me here zach um is there anything you want to say before we go
1: no thanks for having uh, having me and uh thanks for putting out all the great content uh with the path to glory podcast it's always a pleasure to listen to
0: Thanks. It's our pleasure to do it. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook at Path to Glory Podcast. Um, You can also follow us on Podbean, where you can find all the show notes for this episode. Um, You can rate us on iTunes, and we have our Discord if you want to talk to us or any of the other people on there. Um, We know that uh, right now with all the COVID stuff, um, sometimes you just need somebody to talk to, and we're always here to talk about the game. So. Um, just hit us up and thanks for listening and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory
1: the urgold is the only thing that matters
0: (laughs) nice